So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And again, we want to uh, welcome back Father Frank Dewick, who's joining us from Newcastle West Parish. And Father Frank is going to help us in our reflection and thoughts on Lent for this year. So you're very welcome back again, and thanks, Father Frank, for joining us. You're welcome, John. So if we want to start off now, Father Frank, maybe the first thing, the obvious thing is, what is Lent? Yeah, well, John, Lent uh, is uh, a season of 40 days in which we basically, as, as Shane already mentioned, through the three traditional ways, prayer, fasting and almsgiving, try to get that bit closer to the way of Christ. It's a time of examination of how we are living our lives and in the process maybe identifying areas where we need to change. Uh, areas which we need to practice more discipline, more self-denial, as well as ways in which we need to improve our prayer life. You could say it's a time in one sense for turning down the volume on worldly voices uh, that demand our attention and turning up the volume on the Word of God. So just by way of introduction, it's interesting that the very opening words of Scripture for the season of Lent, from the first reading from the prophet Joel on Ash Wednesday. Uh, And these are the opening lines, the first words of Scripture spoken every year uh, for Lent. A reading from the prophet Joel, and it says, Now, now, it is the Lord who speaks. Come back to me with all your heart. I think that's that those opening words of Scripture, it's the first invitation of the Word of God into how we spent Lent. It's worth reflecting on, come back to me with all your heart. And coming back to me, there's a suggestion there of having moved away a little bit. And of course, we all, uh, all the time, that's the battle of our lives. We do tend to move away a bit from the the way of God. And uh, so... Jesus is saying, uh, the word of God is saying, come back. And an important aspect then of the season of Lent is to scan our lives for areas where we need to come back uh, to turn around. And then that first reading goes on uh, a little bit further down with the very reassuring words, turn to the Lord your God again and then, for he is all tenderness and compassion. So, that means t- turning away and coming back, is that what sin is? Yes, uh, sin certainly comes under that uh, heading of uh, turning away from God. Uh, now, I suppose you could say sin, the concept, is not popular today. Um, yes, what, according to the Gospels and the Church teaching, is sin, is quite common um, but less and less people acknowledge sin in their lives. I think that's a, a feature of today. And don't forget that on Ash Wednesday, if you were at Mass last Sunday, or you received the ashes. The most popular prayer that is said by the person putting the ashes on your forehead is, turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. So I don't think that we must apologize for focusing on sin during Lent. It's a season of penance, of repentance from sin. I suppose the next thought that might come into somebody's mind is, well, how did Jesus react to sinners? 
I suppose, as they say on the media, sometimes, I'm glad you asked that question because I think it is a very important question. There is a saying that we have, John, that says, Jesus loves the sinner, but he hates the sin, yeah. right? And I think that catches fairly well the attitude of Jesus about sinners. And shortly, I think it's in the first week of, of Lent, um, we will have a gospel that illustrates, I think, how Jesus deals with uh, sinners. It is where he calls Matthew, a tax collector, who were regarded as renowned sinners because they fiddled people yeah. in the way they collected the tax. Uh, he calls him, one of them, to follow him as his disciple. And he actually goes to his house. And at the house, the self-righteous people are ganging up on Jesus, as they did all through his mission. And they ask, why do you eat with, and drink with tax collectors and, and sinners? Mm -hmm. And Jesus replied, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the virtuous, but sinners to repentance. And as a priest, I suppose, you know, uh, trying to guide people along the way of the gospel, the people that I'm concerned for are not those who have identified some sin in their lives, provided they are repentant. They don't worry me, so to speak, but people who don't see any sin in their lives. We need to remember that everyone in heaven was a sinner but a repentant sinner. Uh, and Lent is very much about looking at the degree of repentance uh, in our lives. So almsgiving is one of the practices associated with Lent. Um, any thoughts on that? Yes, yeah, John, I, I, almsgiving, we mentioned it already. Shane mentioned it as well. They, they, uh, it's one of the three traditional ways in which we can draw closer to the way of Christ uh, during Lent. And almsgiving is really about thinking of others, putting others and their needs um, before uh, ourselves. Um, almsgiving, uh, trokera, obviously, is all about that. And the gospel on Monday next, I think it is, I think it's Monday of the first week, mm -hmm. We have Jesus' own account of the final judgment. Matthew chapter 25. I think a piece of scripture that if you never read the Bible, we all need to read Matthew chapter 25 at some stage along the way, uh, where Jesus gives his own account of when he will come for the final judgment. It's that gospel we're all familiar with where he says, Come you whom my Father has blessed. For I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was naked and you clothed me and so forth. And uh, that, that gospel, I think, merits a lot of attention. And the people said to him then when he said, you know, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. But they said, we don't ever remember seeing you. When did we, when did we see you hungry and give you anything to eat? And then he said, we know what he said, insofar as you did it to one of these, the least of my brothers and sisters, you do it for me. So that's the one aspect where he calls those who are blessed 
by the way they have lived their life. And then he turns and he says to the other people, go away from me with your curse upon you to the eternal fire. And then, far, why, why does he say that? I was hungry and you never gave me any food. I was thirsty and you never gave me drink. I was naked and you never clothed me, sick and in prison and you never visited me. Um, so the, that I think when we think of getting to heaven, we think a lot about maybe, especially those that are a bit older, mm. of more what we might call more traditional ways of sin, you know? Yeah. But I think we really, really need to meet, read Matthew 25. And the things that Jesus focuses in on are our failure to respond to the needs of those who are hurting on the one hand, and then the people he's happy with are the people who do respond and respond very well uh, to the people who are hurting and uh, are in need. And uh, I think that that merits a lot of reflection uh, uh, today and that um, maybe we, we narrowed down the, the criteria for what gets us to heaven. You know, and maybe we focus a bit too much on what we might call more traditional sins. I'm not saying those things aren't sins, mm-hmm. but we narrowed down the gospel too much. It's how we live our daily lives is a huge part of, uh, will form a huge part of our judgment by Christ at the end. How we relate with people, how we interact with people and so forth and, so, and how we neglect that. I understand you'll be talking to someone even Trokra mm. next week, and that obviously gave an opportunity to, to uh, focus on that. So I think those few pieces of scripture, um, how Jesus relates to sinners in the story of the, Matthew and in that account of the Last Judgment, and I would, I would repeat again the opening words of scripture for the whole season of Lent. Ash Wednesday morning, first reading. Now, now, it is the Lord who speaks. Uh, Come back to me with all your heart. Um, Listening, it is the Lord who speaks. Listening to the word of God. And what I have done there is I've picked out three pieces of the word of God. And uh, there is nothing more central in living the Christian life than listening to the word of God and doing our best to put it in, to respond to it and put it into practice uh, uh, in our lives. So just before I just before I let Shane back in with maybe a few thoughts you might want to offer and share with us, is there anything then that makes you feel a little bit up, upbeat about Lent? There is, John, and, and now I know I've talked about sin. I don't go around talking about sin all the time. No. But, like, this is a season of penance, repentance, so we don't apologise for looking at the areas of sin in our lives yeah. during Lent. Mm-hmm. But is there anything, you know, we're in the middle of this uh, war, well, uh, we don't know whether it's the middle or the beginning or whatever, mm-hmm. of this war in, in the Ukraine, and everybody is focusing on the terrible uh, invasion of, uh, of Ukraine by the, the Russians. And of course, there is no question, Christ is not happy with that. So you ask me, is there anything that I'm, makes me upbeat mm. at this point in Lent, as we begin Lent, I would say there is, you know, um, as well as being appalled at the invasion, yeah. I've been very, very struck by the explosion of love 
and care for the people of the Ukraine that has been very evident uh, since this war uh, started. And I, I would call it an explosion of love that is there. We're all created by God with the capacity for love. That's, that's why he created us. And uh, when Christ came, he wanted to bring that to the fore. He said, he summed up all his teaching, love God and love your neighbor. But it's, an, it's been amazing. And I think it's maybe it's social media at its best. What happens now in the Ukraine, we can know immediately. Okay, yeah. sometimes we're fooled. We don't always know the mm-hmm. truth. But like, but you'd have to be impressed by the explosion of love. And that's there, I think, lying beneath the surface in a very me generation, a very, uh, an age of individualism. And as if this capacity for loving is bursting out of us mm. when a cause appears that, that, that touches our hearts, you know, and it was as if it were trapped inside in us. So that's yeah. something that I find um, very uplifting at the moment in the middle of the war and COVID you know, and I, I, I think so often myself there, sorry, Shane, but, but I think so often myself there, I think that some people are only really waiting for an opportunity to express that. Yeah. And people have now had that chance to express, and it's a natural expression that these people are saying, listen, I must try and do it, even if it means that they're going to hurt themselves. Yep. It's not just a false thing. It, it's oh, no. that then people know these days that the, 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 the be effects of this war will not only be effect, obviously be affected in a big way the people of Ukraine, but also they're willing to affect themselves uh, to such a, to you know to, to such an extent that they're reaching out, and isn't that the word of God? Isn't that what God's trying to do all it's the time? It's God's word. God's word in action, and it's absolutely genuine. I agree totally with you. It's a really genuine response. So I have found that. To answer your question, very uplifting over the last week. Shane, any thoughts yourself? Yeah, <clears throat> I was just listening to, to what Father Frank was there, and it's you know, Lint Lint can be Lint can be seen as um for some people it can be an irrelevance, and for some people it can be seen as a very important period of time. And there was a couple of quotes I, I came across during the week that really struck me about it, and I thought it was rather fortuitous in, in timing. Um, just, to, just to go off on a slight tangent a second, um, <clears throat> at the moment, the, the, the Orthodox Church, they're also entering into the beginning of their preparations for uh, Lent the great, the, this, and, and, and towards Easter as well. And the liturgies that they have at the moment are liturgies focused on uh, acknowledgement of our own sin and praying for the love of our and giving forgiveness to our brothers. Now, obviously, if you are a Ukrainian community sheltering in a bunker somewhere in, you know, where the Russians are blowing the hell out of the city, that's a very difficult thing to do. But it's just one of those circumstances where the liturgy speaks and calls and challenges us in the midst of our own daily lives. And Lent is that opportunity as well. Um, you know, it's that season, that time apart where we are asked to, to pause, uh, as Father Frank said, and to take a small bit of account for ourselves where we stand. I came across a great quote during the week from Donald Neary, and he, he says, the test of Lent in the end is not what we have done for Lent, but what Lent has done for others through us. It's a sacred space to get in touch with Jesus in death and resurrection, the man for others. 
We can lose a lot along the way of life, health, wealth, even reputation. But the biggest loss would be to lose ourselves, for if that happens, we lose God. <laughs> it's just, it was just something that struck me about Lent being a time and, uh, and a time for, for change. And another quote that really I thought was very timely at the moment, and I think which is a time, it's reflective for us as we prepare for Lent, but also links into things that are happening in the wider world. It's a, 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 um, there was an interview done with Bishop Pavlo Honcharuk. He is the Latin Rite Bishop of Kharkiv City, one of the, that city we hear so much about on the news uh, that's close to the Russian border in the Ukraine. And he, what he, he was, they were asking how things were going and himself, he was actually in a shelter with families and children and his orthodox counterpart uh, in the city. And they asked him how things were and his reply, his reply was, while evil has shown itself to be so strong, this has also exposed a lot of good. In a way, the evil we are experiencing also squeezes the good juice from the grape. And that good juice is our compassion, mutual support, and love. It shows our true faces. And, you know, in some respects, you know, not diminishing what's happening in the Ukraine, but for us, if we take that opportunity, Lent is that opportunity to squeeze the grape, us being the grape, and give us that opportunity to bring out uh, that good juice, as he calls it, in our compassion, our mutual support, and love. And as Father Frank said, you know, you're not going to do that in isolation. It requires focus, uh, a degree of motivation, uh, which, you know, we, we, you know we, we talk about that from the point of view of health kicks and getting fists and all that kind of thing. But we also need to take, uh, as well as taking our day-to-day -day life in hand and improving our health and our mental well-being, Lent is also a reminder to us that we need to take our spiritual life in hand. And that's, you know, sometimes that we might, we might need to take the, our spiritual life to the gym and get it back into shape, you know, um, you know, that, that, and that's something, sometimes something that, that we, that can slide. Uh, and, you know, that's what Lent gives us the opportunity to do through three, in one sense, very simple, but also very difficult things, which is prayer, fasting, and, abs and almsgiving. You know, that's, that's the, the three exercises that we're, we're asked to take up. And so for each of us, as we start this Lenten journey, you know, it's something, you know, we need to think about. And, you know, one thing, I suppose, um, and it's something we have said on the program, John, on the podcast a couple of times over the year, and it's a reminder to people that traditionally in Ireland, it's always been seen as giving something up for Lent. But when it comes to it, when it comes to Lent, it could also be taking something on. So it could be taking on an extra five minutes of prayer in the morning. In terms of almsgiving, that could be something as time is money for many people. So giving that time in other ways, giving time in other ways could be the almsgiving that, that's given. And, and, and then the fasting then for many of us, and I put myself included in this list, there is that challenge of social media and the connectivity to our devices. And I would say for many people, that's something that maybe, that's the spiritual exercise, that's the spiritual section we need to look at and challenge ourselves on during Lent in terms of maybe fasting a bit from the phone, the tablet, the, uh, the, 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 the computer, whatever the case might be. But it's an opportunity. You know, it's an opportunity. As I said, Lent 
I remember a couple of years ago, we did an interview with Father Michal Liston. And I remember the expression that Michal used is always one that has stood, struck, st stayed with me since. He described it about entering into the joyous season of Lent because it is a season of encounter and invitation to turn back to God. And, and anything like that where we are encouraged to turn back to God has to be something that's joyful, joy-filled, and something, as I said, where you know we're encouraged to get back into the, the spiritual gym for our spiritual life. Shane, thanks a lot for, for that. So now it's time for us to go for our second piece of music. Um, piece of music that I've chosen today to play uh, after those re reflections by both Shane and Father Frank is a beautiful piece of music by Melinda Dimitriscu, and this one is entitled Jesus, He Died for Me. So come back and join us again in part three where we read and reflect on the Word of God.
Thank you.